This is the Epilog audio experience. Cure was out of the question. Uh, we were talking about how many months and how many years. That's the so to one day everything is okay, and the next day being told this is just kind of an out of body experience. So it's not even something that I can, uh, you know, make one understand till you go through it yourself. The moment one hears the person or someone in in your close circuit. uh say that they have been diagnosed with cancer uh for majority the earth shakes beneath them cancer today is one of the leading causes of death when i say leading i mean one in every six deaths are due to this and as of october 2022 over 20 lakh cancer related deaths have been reported in india only and a big percentage of it are women now what can we do about it it is a staggering figure and it is only natural that people become more scared of it my name is rohan thakar and welcome to being the change and in this episode we find out if cancer can be cured or even better if it can be prevented and i have with me someone very special her name is samara mahendra she is the founder of carer it is india's first integrative oncology platform and what's even good news is that she is hosting a podcast with us which is india's first integrative cancer care podcast healing cancer the right way where we are going to decode and uh, bust a lot of myths around uh, uh, which are associated with cancer so samara without any further delay welcome to the podcast thank you rohan thank you so much for having me and it's uh, it's nice to be on the other side yeah so before you know uh, we of course we are going to discuss a lot about uh, how you know treatments are going for cancer care and what is going on in this industry but before that let me uh, know from you how is it on the other side you have been on several podcasts as, as guests but you are for the first time hosting a podcast so what's what's been uh, we have crossed around 6 episodes now as we record Yes so you know just before this you told me that how does it feel you become a podcaster um does not feel like that at all i think i have a long way to go uh, but it's been really fun it's been fun because i have and we have got the opportunity to interact with some of the most profound oncologists in the country and globally now yeah. these oncologists you don't get easy access to you know uh, it's it's a tough game trying to even get one consultation with them and to then have them speak about how you can manage cancer effectively how you can actually potentially prevent yourself from getting cancer and then of course cure or heal yourself from it um has even taught me so much i've been in the field for so many years now and yeah. uh, every episode that we do it's just a little bit more insightful knowledge for myself and hopefully for the listeners as well but um it's been it's been wonderful we've kept it very conversational um, yeah. you know very candid so in that way um, it's been a lot of fun i'm sure and i have been listening to all of them and uh, it is a learning experience for me as well and that's when i thought why not we dive deeper and get to know about uh, how cancer is how bad is it and how good it can get when it comes to treatment and even better preventing uh, but the show's name is being the change and people here share their stories about how uh, their curiosity and zeal to find solutions for their problems brought a change in an entire society uh, so what's your story how did carer come to life i'm sure you have said it a couple of times uh, but you know once more uh, would be great of course 
in fact the story is the foundation of everything that has been built today and um the goals and objectives that we are trying to accomplish mm-hmm. so it plays a pivotal role in um you know in my life of course and then of course in the lives of many beyond now because i keep saying while the story was the uh, and w- was the endeavor for me to start carrots today it's mm. become beyond that and now it reaches so many people where you know it's it's kind of become a part of their story so uh, very quickly um, you know i've always been interested in health and wellness i knew i would do something in the space when it came to any kind of uh, uh, you know uh, endeavor that would actually amplify someone's life in from a nutritional or physical or psychological point of view i never thought in a million years it could be oncology till unfortunately my mother was diagnosed with cancer and at that time it was almost uh, uh, one of those words that was unheard of today everyone knows what cancer is yeah. they, they, are, they have some level of understanding while there is a long way to go but mm. uh, when it happened it happened to my mother which was in you know back in 2004 we just were like this is a death sentence and what are we going to do um cutting a very long story short she um, had access to you know the best treatment and we were very fortunate but unfortunately she had a very aggressive type of cancer and in about 8 yeah. months after about 3 to 4 months of rigorous treatments or uh, in fact maybe longer than that 8 months post that the cancer relapsed and it relapsed with a vengeance and at that time i think she had reached a point where she said you know i don't really want to get treated anywhere else because her first treatment was in the uk and she said i mm. want to she wasn't even interested in going through treatment any longer uh, but obviously as caregivers we put our foot down and she continued treatment in india now yeah. with my mother the kind of person she was she was the epitome of uh, a woman who kind of called the shots she was uh, um, she was like very very dominating you know very successful business woman um, you know the best way i would explain um, who my mother was was someone who would wear uh, you know would go and do chemotherapy and then put on a bandana and go to work the next morning that's it mm. like it just didn't cause an obstruction in her life i mean she didn't let it mm. so um, while she had a very very kind of uh, you know severe type of aggressive cancer she was told that you know she'll without treatment her lifespan would be about 6 months with treatment it would probably extend if she's lucky to about 12 months and so the 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 uh, obviously from her perspective she's like this is ridiculous you know i rather not take the treatment but mm. we didn't have any other hope we just didn't have any other option so we put her through treatment and rohan you won't believe it she she survived for 7 years uh, oh, so wow. after year after year i remember when we had reached year 2 or no year 3 or 4 um i remember talking to her oncologist saying what exactly is happening i mean yeah. you know uh, can we have some idea of how she's going to take to treatment when the, hmm. and i remember the doctor saying listen she's obviously responding well to all the drugs we're giving her and uh, we just don't know you know they wanted to kind of almost document her case because it was so different to what the usual uh, um, scenario would have been for uh, in her situation of her prognosis and diagnosis so what i noticed during that stage and so you know hospitals chemotherapy all of that became a part of our lives 
and we would like literally live in hospitals because you know it went to a point where my mother would plan or, or sorry the medical team would plan her chemotherapy cycles based on her meetings on her travel days and her life so it just it just kind of infused in our lives and i i mean it's very easy to say that there were a lot of ups and downs um we lived in you know uh, just without having any clarity and uh, discomfort of course for many years especially her herself but i started kind of documenting her case because i came from this perspective of you know health and wellness and i started noticing that every time she took chemotherapy um and then how she would eat and how her psychological state of mind was or how physically active she was or how her sleep was was affecting how she would respond to mm. that cycle mm. and i noticed that there was a marked difference in when this wasn't managed that her side effects were much more severe and when she actually managed this where she was being a little more physically active she was focusing on her nutrition um you know and then of course she was keeping herself busy with her work that somehow her side effects weren't as drastic so i would document this then i would document mm. times when you know she would have massive crazy cravings for sugar and we would see ups and downs in her nutritional levels and i would keep bringing this up saying that what is going on you know and um, mm. and i could see this something that we were doing right but we had no clue what it was you know um eventually she had so many rounds of chemotherapy that she her body couldn't cope anymore mm. and she you know uh, unfortunately we lost her in 2010 but that's when my journey began so the rest of the family obviously moved away from the world of oncology and cancer because no one wanted to really you know go down that road again mm. or have any do with it but for me i saw it so different i saw i just innately felt that there was something beyond just her treatment that was helping her survive i mean if i can put it as blatantly and bluntly as that i just didn't know what it was and then i kind of after a year or two of kind of getting over her uh, uh the loss of her and kind of coming back to some normalcy i moved to the us and i wanted to understand healthcare and i wanted to understand medicine and oncology better and that's when my journey began training in the field of oncology and that when um eventually when i was living in new york i was exposed to this concept of integrative oncology um and i got a opportunity to you know enter into memorial sloan kettering one of the biggest cancer hospitals in the world and meet with the founder of the integrative oncology unit there dr Barry Castellet and I just everything that I documented and had no clue what was happening when my mother was going it matched the, the dots matched the reality of it actually yeah. in front of my eyes when I walked into that center hmm. um, I just saw what they were doing they were using these various therapies to manage the patient from a very evidence based standpoint from a very strong scientific standpoint and that they were really in, involved with their personalized nutritional care um the physical rehab the psychological intervention the mind body body therapies uh, acupuncture so on and so forth and it was happening in front of my eyes in one of the biggest cancer institutes in the world and that's when i said oh my god um this was it and if i could have somehow found this in the journey without having a clue of what was going on and and so my mother's survival go from 6 months to 12 months to 7 years then there is something that we have here and actually Dr. Barry Castellet turned around and said you know go to india and do this because i had no 
I actually had no interest to move back to India. And when uh, um, she, uh, you know, kind of encouraged me, I said, you know, who's going to believe me? You know, who's going to listen to me? I'm not an oncologist. I've trained in, you know, as a cancer exercise specialist. I've trained as a nutrition, uh, you know, got deeper into nutrition for uh, cancer. Um, I did a little bit of psychological intervention for cancer. So I did a lot of training, but I said, you know, no one's going to listen to this, the medical fraternity. She, I remember she's saying that, Smara, if you don't try, you'll never know. And your, your journey and your story is so much bigger than your fears right now. So I took myself six months to move back to India. And I said, okay, I'm going to try. And I'm going to bring up this concept of what I saw in the US and see if anyone in India would be interested in building this unit within their hospital. Again, I got very lucky to interact with all the major hospitals. And they all said, come in and try to do this. Um, but I chose Tata Memorial Hospital. I remember my conversation with Dr. Badwe and I said, you know, if I really want to understand what's happening in Indian healthcare system in cancer, I got to go neck deep. So I went to Tata. I was, uh, I did an observership under Dr. Shaile Shrikhande, who's the chief of GI over there. And, and, and I saw everything from the other perspective. You know, I remember sitting in his consults and really kind of almost the scenario in front of me just, it was like deja vu. It was like my family walking in, me walking in with my mother, talking to the doctor and being so hopeless and helpless in the situation. The only difference was I was sitting at the doctor's side with the doctor this time. And that's when I, my journey began. And, um, and that's when deciding to put the uh, program like Kero and this protocol together to offer integrative oncology solutions from an evidence standpoint to patients uh, was when that conception actually took place. Kudos to you for that, uh, for your courage to get started with it. And, uh, you know, on the other side, things are always different. You are uh, from an observer point of view. Uh, how is it that doctors respond to it? Because, of course, uh, from a uh, you were a caregiver uh, to your mother and of course the mother also uh, when when news was perceived uh, the reactions might have been quite stark but from a doctor or a, a medical practitioner that you are now so how do you you know come to terms with it it took a very long time so actually hmm. when uh, you are as a caregiver and you're told that your mother has a life-threatening disease and in her situation it really was hmm. stage three or four right I think stage 3B. So the the chances of her, like cure was out of the question. Uh, we were talking about how many months and how many years. That's the, so to one day, everything is okay. And the next day being told this is just kind of an out of body experience. So it's not even something that I can, uh, you know, make one understand till you go through it yourself. So today when we work with patients and we, we really understand and I personally understand when that news is broken to that patient and the caregivers. And that's why we spend a lot of time. In fact, we were just having a conversation with um, a very reputed doctor the other day who runs a massive hospital here in Gurgaon. And we were talking about how we should, uh, you know, kind of transit the patient from being told about the news into literally into counseling as the next minute, because they really require that support and care um, and the caregivers. Then, uh, you know, transitioning to where we are today, 
where see we don't break the news obviously right patients are diagnosed and yeah, come yeah, but, but we are dealing with the repercussions of hmm. what they've been told and um, and the number one thing that we focus on is acceptance uh, honestly rowan if if the patient to some degree can accept the diagnosis hmm. a lot hmm. of healing falls into place a hmm. lot of healing happens just with that acceptance um and and so initially a lot of patients said no no we want you know support nutritionally we want support with how we feel physically we have a lot of pain fatigue this that but mentally we are okay mentally we are we don't need the psychological support but we made it almost mandatory to have intervention from a trained clinical psychologist or a psychologist who can just kind of support you through this acceptance journey and because that makes everything else much easier um for me personally it it took years to be able to reach a point where i'm constantly seeing uh, the scenario play out in front of me that hits home so close uh, to me that you know uh, initially it used to disturb me because there were times certain cases that used to be very very similar to my experience and i would go home just very mentally disturbed you know and um, and i remember i was told by someone that if you don't start building resilience towards this um, you won't be able to run a company you know and you won't be able to kind of reach the masses because you have to build your resilience in fact dr shailesh rekhandi told me he said samara when you leave this hospital at 5 pm or 6 pm or whatever it is every day you need to switch off that's it there is no uh, you know uh, thinking about the patients or kind of getting too emotionally dragged into their stories and you need to switch off and that was very difficult for me to do because it was so personal to me but today you build a resilience and it only happens time um, in fact you build a sense of kind of almost like an immunity towards it and um, having said that but i don't have that many interactions one on one with patients anymore now we have hmm. a huge team, that, a team yeah yeah but what we tell our team is that anyone at any point of time uh, needs to connect with our counselor you know it's totally for free um they can connect at any point of time and they can do we encourage them to do counseling sessions and just connect with you hmm. know a counselor so Uh, so I don't know if that answered your question, but yes, you have then, pretty much yes. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's taken a long, uh, a long hmm. time hmm. to get used to it. So there are two parts I wish to take in this. Number one is uh, when you spoke about you know uh, with with treatment it may be a year, without treatment it may be six months. Uh, now, fortunately, uh, your mother was able to go through it for seven years. Uh, but at the same time you know for a lot of patients it might be that how much is too much mm-hmm. so that's one part to it and uh, when you look at the global spectrum how uh, how impactful is integrative care uh, vis-a-vis uh, the default channel of treatment which is going through in allopathy today uh, is it the same intensity with which the treatment is given or is it been subsided to also complement the integrative care so you know integrative oncology what is it let's just be very clear yeah. what are we talking about 
it's hmm. using non clinical modalities of therapy which could be personalized nutrition and now when i say personalized nutrition or people think that this is okay writing a diet plan and giving a healthy diet plan to a patient it's not that at all it's actually going deep into the um, nutrient deficiencies of the patient hmm. uh, you know what is happening from a nutrition point of view that can be an obstacle to the patient responding to treatment yeah. effectively or even recovering from it uh, and you need very trained clinical uh, hmm. you know clinically trained nutritionists to manage this who have a extensive knowledge in oncology so when we talk nutrition we're talking about a very different form of nutrition as what one would think nutrition program is uh the other is obviously physical therapy you know um patients go through a lot of fatigue pain uh physical discomfort post surgery yes. rehab lymphedema those kind of things right so you need physical specialists to actually uh, manage those physical discomforts and decrease it and then of course psychological conditions so mind body therapies like meditation like counseling like hypnosis like acupuncture so there are different different kinds of non clinical therapies that have a hmm. lot of evidence that support the quality of life of the patient that improves the response to treatment and that helps the patient expedite their healing and recovery hmm. and uh, and so the clinical care which is your chemo your radiation your surgery your immunotherapy or hormonal therapy and whatever medication and treatment and drugs the patient is on that's your clinical care all hmm. these other non clinical elements support the clinical care so it's a very holistic approach of yeah. treating a patient you cannot just treat a patient with chemotherapy and not manage the other elements because the patient will not respond as effectively hmm. right so that's essentially what in the world all developed countries have integrative units now when we comes to cancer and especially in a country like india in fact in one of our episodes yes. with dr uh, julka which you were a part of as well you would have you would have heard him talking about how cancers become a lifestyle disease hmm. and that how not only is it preventable but when you're managing it you have to look at lifestyle modalities you have hmm. to manage nutrition you have to manage physical care psychological care to help the patient recover from cancer so if you don't do that you're really uh, kind of uh, you know doing a disservice to the patient of not mm. um, giving them the entirety yeah. of care that is required so mm. today we look at more precision medicine personalized care personalized oncology personalized medication so what is that that's just basically creating more refined approaches of uh, treating a patient with lesser side effects which is is more targeted therapy so instead of bombarding the entire patient mm. uh, where before it was like carpet bombing giving chemotherapy because all the good cells would get destroyed as well yeah. now we there's more advancements in in medication where we can give more targeted therapy but along with that you have to kind of integrate it with these non clinical mm. aspects of care as well and when i right. say non clinical aspects of care i have to keep mentioning that these are evidence based um you know substantial amount of data and research to support the uh, treatment of a patient yeah. from the so, points that you have shared so whether someone has cancer or not if they apply in their day to day life that itself will impact their health absolutely because now cancer is becoming i'm telling you it's 90 to 95% of all cancer cases recorded today is because of lifestyle issues hmm. and the environment 
five to ten percent is genetic, and then you can go into the whole world of epigenetics, which is using hmm. lifestyle to kind of uh, you know rework the genes and whatever. But right, if I'm telling you that cancer is majority, you you made a statement earlier saying that we are seeing more and more women getting breast cancer in India. Why yeah. is that? Is it just bad luck? Not necessarily. It's because more women are leading sedentary lifestyles because they are starting to work, right? So a lot of women are migrating to, uh, you know, cities where the pollution is, air pollution is, you know, terrible. Uh, they are working, so they are leading very sedentary. They're sitting in front of a computer. They're not as active as they before. So there's very high fat percentages. Uh, the kind of nutrition they're consuming. There's a lot of hormonal. um you know fluctuations that can cause certain types of hormonal cancers um you know there's uh, there's the multiple reasons pcod pcos pcos these are things that i'm not saying will give you cancer but i'm saying that there is a lot of disruptions in the functioning of the female kind of body that is actually leading to you know uh, um uh, cancer is going up a lot of women are actually having children at a later stage they're breastfeeding later that's a huge reason why breast cancer has gone up you know so um there are multiple reasons but it's mainly lifestyle related a lot of more women are smoking and drinking uh, and and so smoking drinking uh, bad kind of breathing this pollution uh, pollution yeah. uh eating uh why does punjab belt have one of the highest cancer incident rates because it's all the pesticides and fertilizers mm. that were that's been in the used in in cultivation so right it's kind of self explanatory of what's going on hmm hmm right now uh, how much is too much when it comes to treatment that's a great question and that's a very very dangerous question to answer yes. because uh, it depends on so many factors you can't just base it on i mean first of all i first i firstly believe it depends on the person who's getting treatment and and that person uh, needs to take that call you know hmm. on whether uh, he or she so they need to see the odds right they need to see what kind of treatment what is the you know chance of survival what is the longevity of uh, the survival uh, you know is the treatment going to just give you a horrendous quality of life um, you know so usually oncologists when they reach when a patient reaches a certain age like 80 and above or whatever it is they they, they discourage chemotherapy they say it's better you don't take it mm. in fact you know the the cancer will progress slowly and it's better that that takes place yeah. then you have to do treatment hmm. but it's it's a very difficult question to answer on because it's so personal and you really right. have to sometimes i see it actually with so many things in front of us where i know that you know the family is just pushing the patient to treatment hmm. and there really isn't uh, going to be a positive outcome and it's just going to put the patient more discomfort but who am i to say anything hmm. um, right. so it's, it's a difficult question to answer got it so i think it's upon uh, the person judgment on how much uh, they can cope with it yeah and But, there are cases where maybe treatment is not the best option and maybe just focusing on quality of life yes yes give give whatever's left of it the best hmm. quality of life you know you don't want to extend life but make it you know horrible a vegetable exactly hmm 
you spoke something very important about uh, lifestyle changes and uh, that's the that's one of the major causes of uh, cancer today uh, we have quite a lot discussed in the podcast as well about early screening now uh, in india specifically i know uh, we believe that until and unless something major happens uh, you don't go to a doctor yeah so and uh, that's one thing second thing is uh, nothing can happen to me so yeah. these are two notions which are which have been observed and it's there everywhere so uh, what is your opinion is, on this the third is if it doesn't exist uh, i mean uh, you know the third is if i don't know it doesn't exist hmm so so what's your what's your thought on this and so how can one approach to early early screening that the thought is simple i mean mm-hmm. we have a very reactive approach to healthcare and it's not very proactive and honestly if we don't make screening a part of our lives on an mm-hmm. annual basis i'm sorry but uh, you know then you're just kind of fighting against the odds so the mm-hmm. truth of cancer is that listen the numbers are going up the probability of you getting it is just going up on an everyday basis you can either be oblivious to it ignorant mm. and then just say that i won't screen and i doesn't exist and it won't happen to me and then good luck to you or you can actually take the the, yes. the right steps and get yourself screened because cancer has now become one where the earlier you get it you will be cured mm. so you don't have to fear it anymore just get it at an early stage and you're through so it's just it's appalling to me that people just don't they're not understanding this but it's changing i have to say yeah. it's changing the answer to seeing a cancer free india is early detection and screening that's it there is nothing else um more people have to screen more people have to make it a part of their life not more everybody i mean we should hmm. make it mandatory and um, and you have to just understand the logic behind it once you just understand yeah. this and i'm just taking that one step to get myself checked and this hmm. thought of oh, i don't want to know how could you not want to know because the 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 sooner you know you will live <laughs> yes. you know it's a matter of life you can life. take action on it exactly so it's hmm. scary it's not like i do my screening and i'm yeah. uh, you know i just i'm totally fine by it there are years where i've also missed screening and everything hmm. but I, i really push myself and just make myself do it yeah. because i've seen it too up close and personal to hmm. kind of uh, make that mistake so a lot of our listeners are under 30 and it's valid for them i also i believe absolutely. because it can happen to anyone so i wouldn't say you know go do a mammogram or uh, but if you are under 30 you can very well as a woman do uh, your pap smears regularly you can uh, you know do your own self breast examination so important so many women just don't know how to do a self breast examination do it once a month there are tons of videos on youtube um, you know you still need to do your health checkup still do your markers you know and 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 just make sure that you i'm not saying you have to be extremely healthy and you know just not have fun in life and you know hmm. there are things that we can't control i live uh, in delhi and i mean how do i control the pollution you know there's i'm exposed to it what, yes. what do i do? i can do my bit of wearing my mask and all of that but at the end of the day it is what it is you are living in a contaminated environment so so you will have to take the uh initiate mm. yourself to just make sure that whatever you do is in moderation that like eat healthier on uh, most mm. days of the week eat healthier make yeah. exercise exercise please like and when i say exercise i mean move just yeah. move you know just be physically active 
um you don't want to go to yeah. the gym don't go to the gym don't go for a run but take the steps instead of you know uh, uh, hmm. an elevator whatever it is right so just be physically active manage your stress levels better these are little things sleep such an important part of self care like make sure yeah. you're getting a good quality sleep so these are little things that you can do and then do your i get it now so the number one rule is get regularly checked you don't need to do it every month or every quarter in in 6 months or 1 year should be sufficient one right one, one year, year. Yeah. yeah and uh, i wish to come to a, a part where we are talking about integrative care and it is the doctor's responsibility to you know talk about it uh, to the patient because patient as, uh, yeah. as themselves they are not aware much about it and they are already in a state of shock uh but for doctors like what is it that doctors don't know about cancer or integrative care because in india uh, there are a lot of doctors there are a lot of hospitals but not everyone is promoting it it's mainly the traditional medication which has been pushed through yeah yeah uh, it's actually i feel uh, really discouraged some of the times when i talk to certain doctors and they i mean i can't even understand for the life of me how you can say no don't manage your hmm. your lifestyle it's okay treatment is good enough there's so much data there's so much research hmm. supporting and i mean come on the best hospitals in the world will not have integrative oncology units if it yeah. was there was nothing to it so i don't have anything to say apart from the fact that we just keep showing them data we show them how their patients improve we say okay compare the data to patients who actually didn't take the you know an integrative approach and to those who did i mean and we keep putting data in front but i've seen a huge difference also before when we launched doctors didn't want to hear about it today they are talking about it they're talking hmm. more about lifestyle than they have been talking about treatment so that change i'm just hoping on that change and we work with doctors who propagate this um, hmm. that's we, we focus on those doctors because they know what they're talking about and and they care about patients and those are the doctors we work with hmm hmm and as we close any thoughts on alternative care like something that uh people come from two uh ways of thoughts where uh one is i'm going to go with this medical medical route only and second is where i'll try everything that is there out there uh, including natural allopathy homeopathy ayurveda everything so, so what's your thought on this so i uh, see alternative care is given a very bad name but alternative care my issue with alternative any kind of alternative treatment is saying that stop your mainstream medic you know treatment like your chemo whatever and only take hmm. this hmm. that doesn't work for me um okay. you know uh, i'm not against certain you know i think certain uh, you know proponents of ayurveda phenomenon and hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, study and there's it's it's you know our ancient way of kind of treating for so many years treating uh, yes. patients and we just have to kind of build data around it you know i'm a big proponent of something like a uh, medical uh, like cbd and yes. which we've done an episode on because i've seen my patients like my gosh improve considerably in fact mm. cbd is not really alternative treatment but there are certain parts of uh, therapy that are deemed alternative but actually very very useful my worry is that any any kind of treatment that has an impact on the actual main treatment hmm. uh, um, like the chemo radiation whatever right. surgery um, and can be counteractive to that is a worry for me so that's why and that's what it is for oncologists so that's why they say we rather you not divulge an hmm. alternative treatments right now but anything that makes you feel better has no impact on yeah. the treatment 
um, why not? I'm totally for it. Uh, I think it just deserves a lot more data and research than mm-hmm. we need. And, and I think with something like, um, you know, medical cannabis, there's so much it's being kind of legalized all over the world now. And yeah. uh, in fact, you know, I know certain studies that are happening in India about this. So, so yeah, it just requires a lot more data. Hmm. I get it. Superb. Thank you so much, Samara. I think this conversation was extremely enlightening for me. I got to know a lot about it. And uh, listening to the podcast, uh, Healing Cancer the Right Way, is uh, is like a, a open book encyclopedia with some of the best uh, medical practitioners. So, uh, all the best for the podcast. And uh, if you are someone, listeners, I'm talking to you, if you're someone who uh, wants to know more about uh, how integrative care can help you or a caregiver or do you know someone who is going through a similar phase so do share the uh, episode with them as you never know how helpful it can be to someone that's it from my end uh, i'm rohan thakar signing off this is being the change 